electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box. NYC, this is CNBC Control 2. CNBC's essential morning show. PCR 2. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. All right, we're coming to it next. Today on Squawk Pod. Amazon opening an office in New York, reigniting a debate over big tech, jobs, and communities. I don't want to get to a woke place. I want to stay where I am. You're not going anywhere. The New York state senator once dubbed the Amazon killer over the scrapped HQ2 joins us. We don't need to be paying bribes to Amazon to get them to locate a couple miles down the road from where they're planning to go anyway. NASA's administrator says to the moon and maybe pack a bag. This is going to enable us to go to the moon sustainably. In other words, we're going to stay at the moon. Those stories and more, Big Bird, China, and doing business with the Department of Defense. It is a Sorkin version of Squawk Box, in fact, this morning. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. It's Monday, December 9th, 2019. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back, by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Where you been? What are you, what's up? Where are you? I hung out. That's I, it. I hung out, went to Connecticut. You did? We did. We, we tried actually to go skiing over the weekend. Oh, I told you to do but, it Yes, today. but but it all didn't really work Water out. Water ski? No, but the... You could do that um, today. The, um, the chairlift broke. Nobody was on the chairlift but the chair of the folks, so we, we actually all went up there, all excited with our skis, ready to go. Uh, and then it didn't happen. So anyway, but, we, you know, we hung out. It was, it was actually a good week. You know, sidestepping up and then coming down is not, that's it's not, not fun. fun. No, it's not fun. Probably not the best way to no. spend that. What about a, uh, a pulley or a, a rope tow? You've done well, so little Sydney, they, the magic carpet, as they call it, was working. She yes. Got, we should, I'll show you some pictures later. She was up on skis for the first that's time. Right. That was exciting. You, um, he's, you're upset today a little bit. About what? The, the Cookie Monster guy or something? No, it was Oscar and Bieber. Oscar, yeah. I, I just saw Carol. you tweeting about something. Oh, yes, the puppeteer be- behind Big Bird this is and like Oscar a, like Grouch. It was devastating I, for you this weekend. So, it was like a punch in the gut. It was. We all grew up with him. Don't, we all grew up we with We all did okay. not. <laughs> so Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch were my favorite characters. The same puppeteer was behind both. I actually, I actually met the guy. Many years said ago, that my mother tweeted a central yeah. I was tweeted out over the weekend. I was, just, I, yes, it was like a punch in the gut. I, I had such a died on the same day that they were being honored, honored. Um, in Washington. In Washington at the performing arts, right. at the Kennedy Center. I, I saw that. It's been fifty years, and I don't follow you. <clears throat> you I know you don't. So someone you don't follow him? No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't want to hurt himself. Life's too short. You know what I mean? I, I, I got five but, days a week. And a developing story from China that could have some big um, implications for U.S. companies. The Financial Times reporting that the uh, Communist Party has now ordered all state offices to remove foreign hardware and software within three years. This could hit firms like Microsoft. It could hit firms like Dell, HP, especially hard. Now, analysts estimate that 20 to 30 million pieces of foreign equipment would need to ultimately be replaced. The order is not public yet. 
but was described by, uh, to the FT by two uh, cybersecurity firms. So uh, this is going to... Uh, this is like the fallout from Huawei, right? This is the fallout from Huawei, but everybody own. out of the pool right. at one time. But think about it. If you think about Microsoft, and I, by, by the way, one of the names not on the list, Apple. <laughs> Interesting. Where is Apple? Now, Apple doesn't do a lot of enterprise work in terms of and corporate... Maybe not, maybe not government. Maybe not government maybe work. Government stuff for them, too. Right? But... More of a consumer play, something that happens a lot. I don't know. I, anyway, I was thinking about that a little bit this morning. Huh. So where Apple plays in that, Apple's obviously threaded this needle probably better than most thus far. I, I, they probably don't have a lot of government contracts. But I, I imagine it's yeah. a, government, a, a government thing. Right. So. Your paper does uh, is not... I mean, it certainly shows what's still happening there. If you're looking for things to start cooling down in terms of Hong Kong, Hong Kong and everything, yeah. this is Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. biggest rally. They've biggest seen rally in, in months. It was remarkable. Huge turnout over the weekend. So I don't know how that, and it's not. We're not just talking about it out of hand. I mean, it has to do with our trade negotiations, and one of the things on Xi's plate. Um, anyway, a reminder: uh, the countdown is on to what we're talking about. December 15th. That's when President Trump, uh, when the deadline hits and tariffs are set to rise on $156 billion in Chinese goods, including cell phones, toys, and laptop computers. That's December 15th. We also have a, uh, we'll see whether Bojo, how popular he is. He's got a double-digit lead, Boris Johnson. Uh, in, that's Thursday, I think, and that has to do with Brexit and everything else. So, you know what? After we're going to go into this lull around, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a lull, we may have an impeachment, but we're going to go through this. We've got to get to January 1st before we really get some clarity. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is offering a warning about the potential risks for the United States if technology companies based in America decide not to do business with the Pentagon. Speaking at the annual Reagan National Defense Forum in California over the weekend, Bezos talked about the backlash that tech firms have faced for going after lucrative Defense Department contracts. My view is if big tech is going to turn their backs on the Department of Defense, this country is in trouble. That just can't happen. And so we have to, and it's the senior leadership team to say to uh, people, look, I understand these are emotional issues. That's okay. And we don't have to agree on everything. But this is how we're going to do it. We are going to support the Department of Defense. This country is important. Microsoft President and Chief Legal Officer Brad Smith also weighed in on this issue. It is absolutely a test of leadership, to be clear, as Amazon and Microsoft have both been in saying, we will provide our technology to the United States military. But at the end of the day, I do believe we, we want to move our employees with us. We want to attract the best talent, not only the people that work for us today, but the people who might join us, some of whom will come from outside the United States. We need to understand what people are thinking, and we need to win their hearts and minds. This has been a huge issue that former Defense Secretary Ash Carter has spoken with us about, the idea that technology companies here based in the United States are less likely to want to do business right. with the this Defense Department. This was a fascinating event because you saw Peter Thiel out there. I mean, you saw there's so many individuals, all of whom obviously want to do business with the U.S. government, and they were all sort of jockeying. In a way, I was watching some of the stuff uh, uh, on YouTube, all jockeying to say our company is more willing to do business with the U.S. government than somebody else. And it was all about sort of how they thought about their employees and what they needed to encourage. So I think, but what I was going to say is there was a comment made that I did think was so interesting, which was in the 80s and 90s, um, one of the reasons that there was public support for a lot of the work that people in Silicon Valley were doing was because it was sort of a U.S.-Russia 
um, fight going on. It was very clear. Uh, my friend Josh Wolf actually made one of these points I had seen, and then I saw Peter Thiel making and some others. And so it was very obvious, and people felt that they had to do it. Because of our relation with China today, because of the economic relationship with China, there isn't this, so, I mean, there is a U.S. versus China thing, but there also back, isn't a U.S. versus China thing. But it's coming back. Because economically, we, in some ways, certain companies feel it's always somebody, to Andrew. say anything about it. It's always somebody. Anyway, it's such a very interesting... Uh, I should find it. We should talk about it later. It's it's interesting, interesting that we piece. just played by always somebody. Microsoft. And, mm-hmm. and, There's always you know, a reason to have a strong defense. We're battling it out over this. Sector. No, I know. No, I, I think we absolutely need to. I'm, I'm saying that the public support for... Whether it's Russia, one, whether it's China, whether it's North Korea, but, whether it's Iran, but, whether it's... But, whether, but the China piece, because of the economic know, but, relationship, if you can actually make it as clear, you don't, you don't have... You, you, you don't, you're not frustrated at all that, that these CEOs have to defend dealing with... The Defense well, Department. No, I mean, no. I, what, what, I'm, I'm happy that finally all these Silicon Valley companies actually aren't aren't being hit by the wokeness of where they have to not deal with the but Defense Department. Microsoft, Microsoft are both based in Seattle, right. not in Silicon well, Valley. Seattle's even worse. But it's just North Silicon Valley. Not there. Notice who was not there. Notice who was not, what right. Becky say, notice who was not at that event. The actual big Silicon Valley companies that are having so many problems with their workforce right now. that we're I just can't believe we're having the conversation that, that a, a large group of the population would be mad at the tech companies. But looking at Bezos now, I mean, he looks like he's ready to, to be like in the, like the SEALs or something. You know, he, if we need some defense of this country, I'm sending that dude out with the, special, with the special ops forces. Well, this is your tease. We're teasing next. Tease is next. Good. All right. Um, you know what I like? Did you see the jobs number on Friday? I did. So I immediately saw... Broadcast the- live right here on Spotify. Right. No less. Very first thing I saw coming out of Bloomberg News... Worst economy in U.S. You has not. That yeah, that was not. That was I know, but I'm just telling you. That, that Bloomberg's like, let's find one place in the country that really still sucks, so we can write about it. And, but it has nothing to do with us investigating Trump and not investigating ourselves. That was actually a fair. That was an interesting fair story. All right, all right. Because who ruined the coal industry? Trump. No, but what what he said he was going to do and what he's done are two different things. Okay. You forgot to read the tease. We're not in break yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know you guys. Holy sh! Next on Squawk Pod, Amazon is in a New York state of mind. The local politician dubbed the Amazon Killer on the company's new New York plan. Amazon was coming to New York. They were always coming to New York, and they will continue to come to New York because that's where the talent pool is. That's next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Squawk Pod is back. Up and Andrew, Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross talking along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Amazon announcing a uh, lease to open offices in New York City's Hudson Yards less than a year after the company had pulled out of those plans to build a second headquarters in the Big Apple. I'm going to actually change that 
in Long Island City, and I think that's the more important part. Uh, the new Amazon office in Manhattan will house a consumer and advertising team starting in 2021. It has reignited a debate over the company's uh, failed effort to build a second headquarters in Queens. Critics say that it proves, and the critics, by the way, being AOC and, and uh, many on the left, uh, sort of a, probably the more progressive end of the left, proving that incentives are not necessary, they say, to attract employers to a talent-rich city like New York City. Supporters say this brings only a fraction of the jobs that would have come with the Queens facility. I would go farther than that in just a moment. Uh, New York City Congressman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, an outspoken critic of the Queens proposal, tweeted out in part, won't you look at that? Amazon is coming to New York City anyway without requiring the public to finance shady deals, helipad handouts for Jeff Bezos, and corporate giveaways. Save, save, save state, or save city billions. Okay. And save the city billions. Save city billions. There were $3 billion in tax subsidies that were coming gone. in. Right. Yeah. Let me just make two comments. We know this. But I know, but I, I have a different angle on it this morning. If you're a real progressive, well, you if you were know. actually not a faux progressive, if you right. were a real progressive. Like you. I'm, I, no. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You, <laughs> go ahead. Go if ahead. you were a real progressive, Tell me how to be a real you would not so make this so argument. You would not make this argument okay. because, A, there's, we're talking about 1,500 jobs versus 25,000 jobs. But, B, a real progressive would say you don't want more inequality. You don't want the rich to get richer. Guess who gets right. richer in this? Manhattan. This was never about whether New York City writ large gets these jobs. This was, this was a question of how do you take a, an area that was under, I would Long describe as underdeveloped, Queens, Long Island City, Queens, which had been trying forever to get big businesses to come and do business there and get them there. Getting people to Manhattan does not help the cause. So the idea that this is somehow some progressive effort, is, it's almost the antithesis of that. This, this, is, this, is what, this is the inequality she talks about, and it is the antithesis of what I would think she would want. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. It's just... I, I'm, to I'm try trying to make an to, argument to, to the community of people you. who are supporting her I'm just as saying, opposed to... to someone like me or, like, you know, just rational people to try and explain the whole woke mentality of anything and all the different bells and whistles and how no that disqualifies you here that it's just crap Andrew. and I, I understand what you're saying but look business is good we know that i mean any you're just it's totally redundant we know this they should have wanted it it's it's absurd but look the idea is if you're gonna have look nobody likes corporate subsidies but corporate you, subsidies are pretty terrible to begin you, with you've got so much you go back so i go back to, to be truly woke you got it then the negative of that I was which means to, the negative of that which means then through. you finally get to a woke place i don't want to get to a woke place i want to stay where i am you can stay right there. You're, you're sure? not going anywhere. I can okay. Good. Joining us right now is one of the fiercest opponents of the Long Island City campus and a politician who's been called the Amazon killer in New York State. Uh, Senator Michael Gianaris is here, uh, whose district covers Long Island City. Good morning to you. Um, Good morning. It's great to see you, Senator. Uh, I know that there were a number of you uh, taking victory laps Friday evening uh, when this news broke, in large part making the argument that said, see, we didn't need, the city didn't need to offer these uh, subsidies. We can debate that point in a moment, to, but, but make the argument first. Well, the argument is that Amazon was coming to New York. They were always coming to New York, and they will continue to come to New York because that's where the talent pool is. That's where their competitors are hiring talented people. 
Uh, Google is adding 20,000 jobs without significant subsidies. Facebook, just almost on the same right. day as Amazon, announced uh, 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 an acquisition of office space twice as large as Amazon's. So they needed to be here. They always needed to be here. It's, uh, so many of us believe they knew they were selecting New York before that whole so beauty Senator, contest this process. Feels like they, a, they a false victory, though, in many ways, because all the companies that you just talked about, including Amazon, are not locating in your district. They're not locating in Long Island City, which is what this was always about uh, from the very beginning. They're all locating on the island of Manhattan, which seems to have no problem uh, attracting companies uh, without subsidies. The issue, right, I thought, was always about trying to get a big company to act as an anchor tenant to build a hub around and create an ecosystem in an area that has not had that opportunity for business before, no? Which is happening organically anyway. The first building Amazon was set to occupy in Long Island City was full within a matter of weeks of them announcing they were no longer coming. So Long Island City has been growing, some would say it's growing too quickly, and the affordability of housing is a, is a serious problem that we have yet to deal with uh, adequately. But the point is this, is that worth $3 billion in incentives and subsidies? And I want to address that point because over the last several months I keep hearing people who just read the top lines and they say, well, it's $3 billion off of the expected revenue, so it's really just uh, getting less than you wanted, you're getting 9 out of $10, it's still worth doing. But most of the uh, expected revenue in this study was coming from taxes on the new jobs. You are still going to get that if they add those jobs anyway. New York City, Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, Staten Island, it's the same tax base. So if they in but fact are generating... But let me just say this first, and okay. I will answer your question. Uh, if they are generating that same expected revenue, and we are not providing that incentive and that subsidy, we are in fact saving that $3 billion. That is a true statement, uh, and people need to get their heads around that. If they're coming anyway, if those jobs are coming anyway, which I believe they are, then we are, in fact, saving that money for use on other things, on other public works, on mass transit improvements, on the affordability of housing, What about the issue of the jobs themselves being in Long Island City? Doesn't that matter? Isn't the goal, isn't the goal have to be to create uh, a, an environment that's hospitable to lots of big businesses, to create that hub? Isn't that what you've always wanted? And in fact, as I said earlier, that is already happening organically. It's not happening in a splashy way. It's not happening with the big helipad on top of the building. It's not happening with the giant Amazon logo staring at Manhattan across the East River. But it is happening with small and medium-sized businesses, which is exactly the way it should happen. We don't need to subsidize the largest companies in the world in order to make that happen. And, and what happened Friday shows that. You know, the thing to me, though, is... If you are somebody on, on, on your side of the, uh, the aisle um, who might be considered liberal or progressive, to me, this is actually an example of the rich getting richer. This is, this is, this is inequality. This is everything that I would think you'd hate. The idea that Manhattan is getting these jobs, not Long Island City. That's the piece of this that seems so, so backwards but, to me. But, but here's, here's what I don't get about the question. At the same time, the other piece of it I would say is... If the goal is jobs, and given so many of the other policies, which I believe you support, which would, I would have, uh, imagine add to the debt in the name of jobs, it seems preposterous to me to look a gift horse in the mouth like this. I will accept on face value that it is an affront to so many people, the tax subsidies for corporations and, 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 the, and the laundry list of terrible examples where they haven't worked. But I look at this particular, this particular uh, deal as one that actually looked like uh, it held the company accountable and actually would have created those jobs. And if it didn't, we wouldn't have been paying for it. 
Right, and we obviously disagree about that point uh, because there was $500 million of the $3 billion that was Correct. a straight-up cash subsidy. Yes. Uh, and, in fact, they were going to acquire and utilize a very, very valuable piece of land. That would have happened whether they created one job or 25,000 jobs. People have to remember that there was zero commitment that was binding legally to, for them to bring any jobs into this project. The MOU that was uh, bantered about... On you know, its first page, says there's nothing in this document that's enforceable. It was all just a conceptual uh, statement. And if people want to take that and, and believe it's true, then they're welcome to do that. But some of us uh, are more interested in the accountability you're talking about. But you keep harping on this difference between uh, Manhattan and Queens as if the, the two-mile span of the East River is somehow incredibly uh, impactful. It's, it's less than a half-hour subway ride from one to the other. So when you say Manhattan's adding these jobs, you make it sound like those jobs are only going to Manhattan residents. There'll be plenty of people from Queens who will be working there, I'm no, sure, no, as, the they already, point, as they the already point, are. The whole point is to build a hub where you have not only employment from Amazon, but then you have restaurants, you have laundromats, you have, well, and you build, you actually, you, now you could say you don't want gentrification. That's a different argument. I would well, argue gentrification is progress to some degree, recognizing that there has to be ways to try to solve on the other end so that people can have affordable housing at the same time, which I know is its own conundrum. But, but the idea that you don't want that kind of progress um, because of the gentrification, I think, also is complicated. Well, I, I certainly have a problem with gentrification. That's a huge uh, part of the discussion. But I take issue with your assumption of what's going to happen. I would just say take a look over at Seattle, where small businesses around the Amazon campus have been failing since they got there. These campuses tend to be very insular. They provide a lot of the services in-house, uh, everything from five-star chefs in their cafeterias to all sorts of services. They're designed to keep people from going out into the surrounding community and supporting the local businesses. I actually traveled to Seattle more than once during this last year uh, to take a look at what's happened there. I talked to people actually who uh, were Amazon employees. I've talked to uh, local government representatives. There. I did my homework on this. But what about, what, you look at, I mean, look, see, there, there, there's, there's lots of issues in if, Seattle, if, but if you told me that Amazon wasn't in Seattle, I think we'd have a bigger problem, or Seattle would have well, a bigger problem, given their, <laughs> their own tax base. Well, you, you, you mentioned the word housing in Seattle, which to me is almost laughable. Their rents have gone up three times the national average. Their homelessness problem is among the worst in the nation. Uh, and it's because of the gentrification you just touched on, which is what big tech brings to these And if you uh, didn't have cities. those, what would have happened? What's the alternative? That's the, that's the piece of this I don't understand. The, the alternative is better planned and more moderate growth at a pace that a community can handle and, at a, and a, with a community and public plan that is driven not by the desire of Jeff Bezos to make profits, but by the desire of local representatives to keep their communities intact. Senator, uh, it is a great debate and a longer conversation. We hope to have the opportunity to uh, see you in studio at some point soon. Uh, uh, thank you for the conversation. You bet. Speaking of Seattle, mm -hmm. yeah. I had the Rams uh, last night in Seattle. But no, did you see this? What does it say? Bet on addict surge with gambling apps. That's legalizing app. You. Listen to this. Legalizing this is right in the post, sec, page two. Legalizing app-based sports betting comes with a heavy price with an avalanche of gambling addicts. New I Jersey. This, uh, it affects you directly. Well, now I'm worried. Now I'm scared. Yeah, we've been uh, telling you that for the last month and a half. I think you, you just. I don't know. That guy had a lot Can of good answers. Can you not bet on anything for the next week? No, Marty Jones, because there's this weekend it's Army Navy. That's it. And tonight there's we go. we'll, tomorrow there's some we'll good talk basketball. About the okay. break. No, but there were twenty five thousand jobs. The New York the New York, jobs. New York jobs. budget is one hundred and fifty billion a year. Yes. you're talking about three billion dollars over a number of years. Right. It's prepos It's it's such so a why missed you, why opportunity. You, you missed opportunity for you. You could when you are on my side, I let you go.
I see. I let you go, Thank go, you. go, 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 and I'm not going to interrupt you at all. That's what we're going to do, too. Go, go, go. Coming up, NASA wants to send and keep people on the moon. You should be there uh, as well because one of the goals is to... Uh, for ladies, no, thanks. For I'm staying right here. Squawk Pod. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. See, we told you we'd be right back. Two, one, zero. Engine ignition, liftoff. This is Squawk Pod. Sorry, push on Joe. Up on him, cue music. NASA's Artemis program aims to put humans back on the moon by 2024. Did you see in that? Oh, jeez. There we are. We're going together. Uh, <laughs> really should be, uh, you should be there uh, as well because one of the goals is to, uh, for a lady. No thanks. I'm staying right here. A lady go. is going to be going uh, as well while yeah. paving the way for private companies uh, to build a lunar economy and one day send humans to Mars. Join us now. Jim Bridenstine, he's NASA Administrator. Are there, Jim, good to see you. Thank Exciting. You. Uh, this is a prelude, prelude maybe to Mars, um, which seems far away to, to most of us. Um, it's a new, it's a space launch system rocket. It is different than what we've seen in the past. And how does it work? It's not like a shuttle, right? No, is it reusable? No, it's not. See, the space shuttle went to low Earth orbit. The space launch system, which is behind me, is the most powerful rocket ever built, and it's going to take our astronauts to the moon. And it's also going to enable us to assemble a space station in orbit around the moon, which is going to be evolvable to eventually be the ship that takes us to Mars. Uh, so the core stage of the SLS rocket, which is behind me, is now complete, and we're very excited about it uh, because this is going to enable us to go to the moon sustainably. In other words, we're going to stay at the moon. Uh, we're going to go with commercial partners and international partners, driving down costs and increasing access. But we're also going to utilize the resources of the moon. On the south pole of the moon, there's hundreds of millions of tons of water ice, which is, of course, life support. It's water to drink and air to breathe, but it's also rocket fuel. Hydrogen is, in fact, rocket fuel. It's the same rocket fuel that's going to power the SLS rocket behind me. Uh, and, of course, we're doing all of these activities to get to Mars. So we're very excited about the core stage of the SLS rocket being complete so that we can get on with the Artemis mission, which is our mission back to the moon sustainably. This time we're going to stay. Commercial Lunar Payload Service Initiative. And, and it, are there more private companies involved now than in the past with NASA? Because there's 14, and, and we'll talk about some of the new ones that were just added. But, I mean, there are always subcontractors, I guess, but it just seems like this is even expanding the, the private sector's Big participation. Is, is that fair to say? Absolutely. We are, we are expanding the space economy. It used to be that NASA would purchase, own, and operate 
all of the hardware that would fly into space. And now what we're doing is we're saying, hey, where there's a commercial marketplace, we want to be a customer. We want to be one customer of many customers in a robust commercial marketplace. And we want to have numerous providers that are competing against each other on cost and innovation, driving down costs, increasing access to space. The SLS rocket behind me is, is the rocket that's human qualified that will be able to take our astronauts to the moon. But once they get into orbit around the moon, we're going to have capabilities that are going to be delivered commercially. And as you mentioned earlier, we're going to have all kinds of activities on the surface of the moon delivered by the Commercial Lunar Payload Services Program. The idea being that we need all of these commercial partners to combine with what only government can do at this point. And then we also need to combine with what international partners can provide and build a coalition that can go to the moon to stay. Jeez, driving around up there. You're going to need that. I, I guess you're going to need that. Uh, maybe one of those new Tesla trucks. It kind of looks like uh, <laughs> what, what you'd be using up there uh, on the moon, Jim, doesn't it? I mean, maybe yeah. that's why they decided. So um, this, is, this is one way of saying it. We're buying, NASA is buying rides to the moon rather than owning the delivery system. That's kind of that's so, kind of cool. So and when, it, when, it when, might unleash when the it, private sector. Yes, that's right. When you think about human flights to the moon, the rocket behind us is a NASA rocket. NASA purchased, owned, and operated it. But we're also going to be delivering cargo, and we're going to be delivering payloads into orbit around the moon. Around, uh, We call it a, the gateway. Think of a space station in orbit around the moon, a space station that is evolvable to actually become the ship that takes us to Mars. And so that's what we're building at the moon. And of course, it's going to take cool, yeah. all of the above. All right. Right. Andrew is in. I know that I don't know if there's a lottery or a list or, a, or something like that, but you're, you're ready, right? I, I don't want to go on the first one. You don't want to go yeah, on the first one. one. Right. I want to, you know, maybe number 100. Uh, right, Jim, good. it's great right, to see Jim, you. Jim, thank you. I wish we could have a longer conversation about this because this is something that excites me a lot. That's the show for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite platform. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. That helps other listeners find Squawk Pod. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.